This week on Ultra 64, we do whatever a spider's camera will allow us to do. It's Spider-Man for N64. Welcome everyone to Ultra 64. We are the internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. My name is Steve Gutling. Greetings, true believers and beginners alike. I am co-creator of Spider-Man, Woody Siskowski. Excelsior! Uh, we are going to be talking about some Spider-Man today, uh, which I'm very excited to do because I, I love me some Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man's dope. He's great. He's great. He's, uh, you know, I don't know what else there is to say. It's kind of difficult when you're talking about, like, easily the most recognizable pop culture figure around today? I don't know. Do you think that's uh, safe to say? I mean, he's behind Batman, right? I don't even know about that. Uh, I, I wonder. I, I think they're like, probably one-to-one in, like, name and face recognition. I don't know. I feel like the Spider-Man cloud has kind of fallen out. I mean, mm. I mean, I like Spider-Man, but I feel like with the advent of the Avengers movies and it's he spent so long out of the spotlight because of that licensing Yeah, the, the shine was, has come off maybe a little bit. There was a lot more emphasis on, like, Iron Man and Cap. Um, and yeah. And there was those Batman movies. So I don't feel like he has... I feel like maybe with the time this game came out, he was the number one superhero. But I feel like okay, he's down to yeah. like uh, three or four. That would, that would probably be accurate because Batman was definitely on the downward trend in, in around the late 90s thanks to uh, Ice to See You. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Various ridiculousness. Um, but we're talking about Spider-Man. Let's, let's get into the game a little bit. So this game was released on November 21st, 2000. It was published by Activision and developed by Edge of Reality on this system. It was also released on the PlayStation, the Game Boy Color, the Dreamcast, and the Windows. Uh, we have the Windows. The Windows. <laughs> yeah, that's where you <laughs> check the internet. It's on yes. the Windows. Um, yeah, I like to log on to the webs and check the emails. Yeah, the, the spider webs. Yes. I, I, I feel like uh, there's a lot of shared uh, talent that made this game in the Tony Hawk games. It's I think. exactly the same team. Okay. I was just going to say, we've met them before. Uh, they were the same ones. Edge of Reality was the same company that built... They're kind of branched off of Neversoft. Right. So it's Activision and Neversoft created both of these games. And Edge of Reality handled the N64 ports. Neversoft, of course, went on to handle Guitar Hero and uh, Call of Duty and a bunch of other wow. games. They do pretty well for themselves. Neversoft they're, is a company you don't hear about that much as well, a they're, big name. They're not like, around anymore. Uh, they were absorbed into Infinity Ward in 2014. Okay, so the, the, same, the same core people are there. They're just not called Neversoft anymore. Because those are like influential franchises that oh, you Oh, they're the named. biggest. Yeah. yeah, some of the biggest ever. Uh, so, yeah, they're doing okay for themselves. So let's talk about Spider-Man. Spider-Man, the character, the character. Let's talk about the character. You know, yeah, I I would still argue that he. I mean, if he's not the most recognized pop culture figure, he's top ten. Sure, you know, like there's there's Batman, Spider-Man, Ronald McDonald, and Jesus. Superman. Superman, sure. Jesus, just I don't know if Jesus counts as a cultural figure. So, I, I mean, don't know. He's a pop culture figure in some senses. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I'm not trying to be disrespectful no, to anybody. Mickey Mouse. I'm just saying. Mickey Mouse is up yeah. there. Except, you know, when's the last time we had a good Mickey Mouse game? I, I, Epic Mickey was not great. Super Nintendo one was really good. That was. It was, was, was a long time ago. Also, no, I was thinking was the last Magical great Quest Jesus starring. Game too? Yeah, Bible Adventures. Bible Adventures. That game was not great. <laughs> That's the one where you chuck Moses into a river. Yeah, it's my favorite. It was, uh, yep, that game. One of my... I think I've probably talked about this before, but 
one of my all-time favorite things is the unlicensed Christian games that they released them. for the NES and the Super Nintendo because they couldn't get them licensed. So yeah. they would just like had these pirated carts for Bible adventures and Noah's Super Ark. I think there was an Exodus Moses game yeah. uh, for NES. They, I loved those because you the only unlicensed things you would get were like, well, besides like the Tengen cartridges, which is just a way for Atari to get around licensing fees. So you would either get Bible games or you would get pornographic games. So the NES has a couple of like were there really hard to find. Games for the NES? There were, yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, God, what was released it? Bubble in Bath, the, Bubble Bath Babes the United was States? one. Yeah, I'll have to look up Japan. and see what the rest of. There were like three. Like Bubble okay. Bath Babes was one of them. I think there was like a, a casino game with like pixelated boobs in it and okay. stuff like that. Yeah, so there were a few. The por- the porn game really like fell off. It had it, it seemed like a direction things could have gone, but it never. Uh, you know, it never, never. And a lot of people are pointing towards VR as like the future <laughs> of the porn video game. But I I feel like it's it's kind of like that Thirty Rock episode. I think it's just it's a it's a nut that nobody's been able to crack. <laughs> the greatest perverts in all history have all worked on this, and it's never happened. Um, we're talking about Spider. We're talking about Spider Man. Everybody, so, uh, you know, <laughs> lovable neighborhood Spider Man, <laughs> Peter Parker. Uh, so Spider Man, uh, I'm not going to go too much into him everybody okay. knows it but i will say he was created by steve ditko and stan lee and he debuted in amazing fantasy number 15 in 1962 which is now uh the second most valuable comic book of all time uh there was a superman number or action yeah action comics, comics number, one. number one uh is the first so a copy of amazing fantasy 15 sold for 1.1 million dollars back in 2011 so it still goes for a lot <laughs> It's still um, a decent pickup from still, your local thrift shop. Yeah, you know, if you find one uh, for a, a cheap price, go for it. Uh, so Spider-Man, it became uh, a film franchise shortly after this game was released. Uh, in 2002, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man came out. It became the first film ever to top $100 million in its opening weekend, which is, I mean, a pretty common thing now, but back then it was pretty mind-blowing. I would say it was, it was sort of the... The floodgates, the floodgates opened to the superhero genre that we're so inundated yeah. with now. Like would... X Men came before this, and it was a it was a yeah, solid okay. hit, but it didn't do these numbers. And like, the, I feel like the, the the Batman movies were sort of in their own kind of thing of weirdness. They'd and... fallen off because uh, yeah, Bat- yeah, like we said, Batman and Robin came out in 1997, and it was kind of a big flop, and uh, so they had to shut down Batman for eight years until Batman Begins and re configure everything um so yeah this was spider-man's moment and this kicked off the superhero boom that we're still very much in the heat of that doesn't yeah. seem to be losing any kind of traction uh it's it's interesting i mean we get moments like this in movie history like with uh, the westerns you know they were releasing like 50 60 westerns a year or movie musicals and things like that but they've those trends kind of phased out a lot faster than superheroes have yeah, it's, uh, so it's, it's crazy. It seems to just keep going up and up. Yeah, and it's this big cultural thing that uh, I think everybody can relate well, to. Now that they've hit... Yeah, because we all are super-powered Spider-Men. We are, yes. We, we, we all have that thing that makes us special. We see a little bit of ourselves in all Be of these. Be it rocket-powered you know? magic suits, <laughs> giant hammers. Speaking to fish. Speaking yeah, to fish. all of those. Do it all. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the film franchise has since been rebooted three times in 15 years, which is a little excessive. But six films uh, have grossed 180 or 821 billion dollars across them, and that's just the films that 
are like Spider-Man in the yeah, headlines. Spider-Man if you add the Avengers movies in there, add another couple of billion on that. As one of the most irritating fi- film because of the reboots. Yeah. Um, and that's because I believe there's licensing issues between Sony and Marvel. So it yes. keeps sort of flopping back and forth. And each time it goes from one right. to the other, they're like, we better reboot it again with our... Our actor and storyline. And wisely, uh, the most recent Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, they they didn't do that. We don't have to see Uncle Ben dying again. We don't have to see him getting bit by the spider again. I like, we know. I like the Spider-Man they got. I like I liked Tom Holland a lot. Uh, I, I like the version of him as uh, exuberant teen mm-hmm. and uh, not whatever. I, I feel like Andrew Garfield I liked, but he was too cool. And to- Tobey Maguire was just bland. I don't yeah. know. He didn't really bring much of anything to it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, yeah. There's there are ups and downs. Ups and down. Mostly a pretty solid batting average for so Spider-Man. This movies. particular game that we're playing is not based on any of those movies. I think it's most heavily based on the Fox Kids cartoon. Yes, was that, I would um, say that. That is was what I remember. I would run home, or I might have recorded it on VHS to get. Uh, I, I definitely looked through old VHS when I've gone home and found old episodes of the, Spi- of the Spider-Man cartoon. And to, to be clear, there's there's two that you could be talking about. There's one that's just called Spider-Man, and there's one that's called Spider-Man Unlimited. They were both kind of released around the same time, and they were made by the same it people. It definitely was not... Spi- what was the deal with Spider-Man Unlimited? Was oh, I don't it, know. It wasn't like him in the future or something? There no, was, wasn't like no. That's... Scarlet Spider or anything like that? I don't think so. I okay. think it was just kind of a, another I think it was just Spider-Man, so it... Yeah. Um... Yeah, and Spider-Man's got a great uh, rogues gallery. That's one of the oh, for things sure. that I enjoy most about Spider-Man. You got uh, Marvel definitely has a villain problem. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like I would say I prefer the Marvel heroes, but I prefer the DC villains yeah. by like a, a wide margin. But uh, Spider-Man has the most interesting villains. Yeah, for you sure. got you got Old Man Many Arms. Yes, uh, Old Man Sharp Wings. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, mysterious Conehead Man. Absolutely. Um, there's man made of quilt. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's spiky butt man. Spiky face man. Spiky face man. Yeah. Uh, who? Uh, there's there's the lizard named the lizard. The lizard. He just <laughs> there's no we can't we can't tart him up anymore. Electro arms man. <laughs> yes. Jamie Fox as a nerd man. Um, yes, that's that's a terrible movie. Uh, so yeah. That's what it's mostly strongly influenced by. A lot of the voice actors, uh, Reno Romano plays Spider-Man in this. He played the Spider-Man in those. Jennifer Hale, uh, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. playing Doc Ock. Like these are all the same voice actors coming over for this. Yeah, and they, I think they do, they do a good job. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, they're professionals, and so there's, this is a shaky time. I feel like the N64 and the PS1 era is a shaky time for voice acting in video games. So, oh yeah, it's yeah, yeah, nice yeah. to see it. And we only get a limited amount of that in this um, because of the limitations of the N64 hardware. Uh, we like the, the PlayStation version of this has fully animated cutscenes, and the N64 version we get screenshots of this animation, it's full, fully animated and voiced cutscenes. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, we we get some voice acting in the actual game, um, but we don't get to see hear that in the cutscenes yeah so it's really dumb because they i mean the screen they're not fully animated but they pulled screenshots from the ps1 animation yeah and so if you're gonna just have still images you know put in the effort to like redraw a frame or something so I'm, it looks like the comic book. i made the exact same note they yeah. have they have those frames like around, they have a frame like with old comic book art surrounding the image of the crappy PS One still, 
And I'm just thinking, like, how much harder is it to just do that? Yeah, like, right, because at least then you have a unique thing well, as opposed to just being like, oh, this is just much crappier than the PS1 version. I guess I am answering my question. It is much harder to do that than to just take a picture of a game and slap it in there. That's true. But, you know, still, it would have been nice for a little bit more effort. Uh, and the spy- one thing I also appreciate about this game is one of... One of the things I really like about Spider-Man is uh, he's very quippy, which is yeah. that's what everyone likes about Spider-Man. And I feel like this game doesn't overuse on the quips. No. When we get into Gex, um, I don't know if you've played the Gex I've games. I've played a little bit of Gex, But those yeah. games have brutal quips where you just hear the same thing yeah. said over and over. And this one, they're... Things that Spider-Man says are very tied to what's going on in the game. Like, and they are, yeah, for sure. And, and, and you get some good like, villain voice acting going on, too. Yeah. Uh, so the point is, good presentation game. I think mostly. Yeah, I think mostly, yeah. Uh, it, I, it would have been. I mean, just looking at YouTube videos of the PlayStation version, the, those cutscenes looked and sounded pretty good mm-hmm. for the time. Like they looked and sounded really good. Uh, so it is a shame to miss out on some of that. Um, so this game was built using the same engine as Tony Hawk. So you have kind of similar graphic graphical style. Okay. Um, obviously very different gameplay so it's more just kind of level based uh i would say like in the old school video game kind yeah. of sense no, you know 100 you... there's no there's no there's very little exploration in this game no 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 so you uh you have levels where you're zipping around open world like not really an open world so but like, you're zipping around outside yeah so like the first level there's a bank robbery i guess the story is you're, you're at some exposition Expo where Doctor mm-hmm. Peter Parker is at an expo. Doctor Octopus is displaying this new high tech piece of machinery yeah. that does something other. And then Spider Man. Wait, I thought Spider Man and Peter Parker were the same person. What spoilers? God comes in, steals this machinery, and now Venom and all the villains are after Spider Man to get this machinery back. And the whole New York Police Department is after him, thinking that he's a criminal. And so now it's up to Spider Man. To clear his name, and his wife Mary Jane gets kidnapped by Venom, and has happens, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the first level, you stop a bank robbery, and then you have to go save your boss J. Jonah Jameson from the Scorpion, yeah. uh, butt acid Spike Man, um, Scorpion, Scorpion, yeah, yes. Do not to be confused yeah. with Mortal Kombat Scorpion. No, so no, no, that would be no. pretty cool too. Although he might have said "Get over here," yeah. I think that would have been a nice little nod if he'd said that a couple times. But whatever. Yeah, so I, it's is just, it too much to ask. Fairly short, uh, linear levels. Yeah, there's. Yeah, uh, I think this is a trend with most Spider-Man games: is that uh, when you're web-slinging around outside, it's a little more successful than when you're in tight quarters and having to engage in combat. Uh, just because Spider-Man as a character is meant to swing around, like that's the fun thing to do with him. And they make it they make it really simple. There's very little skill involved in the web slinging. You sort of just jump towards the building that you're supposed to go to and press R, mm-hmm. and Spider-Man will just magically shoot up webs that seemingly attach to nothing. Just yeah. you're oh, in yeah. the tallest buildings in the city. And his webs go up into the sky, and then you swing. I like to so. just think you're targeting, like, space stations or satellites, <laughs> and you're just swinging from those all the time. That was a problem with the... Uh... No, it's like the Truman Show. There's a dome over oh! the whole thing, and so he's just attaching that to the dome. That would make sense, because we are all watching Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is one of 36 games that Spider-Man has headlined. Uh, about to be 37, because Insomniac is releasing their open-world Spider-Man game later this year. I'm super excited for it. It looks really great. 
Um, but he's made more than a hundred other appearances in like fighting games or Lego games or Disney Infinity games. Is he like the most? I mean, I don't know if you check this. Would you? Is he had? Has he been in the most games of a superhero? I would have to imagine. I don't know. I mean, Batman again. Maybe maybe Batman is. Superman does not have as many video games, just because I think they've struggled to get that right. Yeah, I was trying to think of the history of different superhero video games. Um, I, I feel like the, the four that sort of before superheroes have broke broke into the mainstream. Yeah, it was. Spider-Man, Batman, there was a few Superman games that were all terrible, yeah. and uh, X-Men games. Yeah. I don't think that any of the more... It was very rare that more minor superheroes would get games. Yeah, even yeah. since then, like, uh, I mean, there. I remember there's there being... A, whole, a few Hulk games. There's a few Hulk games that are pretty fun. There hasn't really been, like, any Iron Man There have been a few. They've tried. Or... Uh, like, there was... A, Sega had the license to Iron Man back when the first movie came out, and they tried to make a couple of games, and they were awful... There was a really weird crossover game for the Sega Saturn uh, with Iron Man and Exo Man of War from the Valiant Comics universe. And that was because back then Iron Man wasn't worth anything. So they just crossed it over with this random ass character like that's kind of similar to Iron Man and they made a beat-em-up game. Well, and I feel like maybe that's something that's appealing about this game because I think that superheroes were pretty throwaway. You get yeah. a lot of cameo appearances in this game that would not show up. Like, because Daredevil comes, mm-hmm. there's a cutscene where he's just talking to Johnny Storm of the Fantastic Four. Captain America's in, in this later. Okay, yeah. and you're like, I feel like now they would want that, to save those that couldn't happen their... now back then like yeah it's like okay yeah here you can have captain america who gives a shit yeah. like you can just toss him in your game i don't care uh and now it's like yeah you could never make a game like this happen you know uh it's it's just the licensing rights are too complicated but yeah back then i mean i feel like marvel was i i don't I have to double check i think this was around the time they went bankrupt Oh. Um, yeah, Mar- Marvel filed for bankruptcy around the late '90s because they—that's weird to think of. They rode that bubble in in the '90s with like the Todd McFarlane and the Rob Liefeld like superstar <laughs> era of the '90s, like the giant the giant bicep era. We had the worst comics, but the, the gun, highest sales. The guns on ankles era. Yeah, <laughs> Superman dying on every page era. The you giant know. knife in the, in the back sheath era. <laughs> the pouches upon pouches upon pouches era. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I'll, the I'll missing just... feet era. <laughs> I can't draw feet, but I can draw this rock. (laughs) Yes, era. Um, Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, Marvel kind of rode that until there was nothing left, and then they just kind of bottomed out. So I feel like their their licenses weren't worth that much. But Spider-Man was kind of ascendant. They had the movie in development, and once that blew up, then the rest is history. And now the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a thing, and it's more. It is the thing. Yeah. How many? How many superhero games are there for the N sixty four? There's this and Superman sixty four. Yeah, and uh, there's a Batman Beyond game also. Oh, really? Okay, I've never played that. Yeah, this is the only Marvel game, though. Uh, And, yeah, like, X-Men didn't make an appearance. Like, nobody else made an appearance. This is the only Marvel game. And, uh, yeah, then two DC games. I think that's about it. Okay, so one thing that, like, I mean, we forget, and, I mean, this is probably not something we've talked about in a long time, but this is fundamental to Nintendo 64, is this is the time where a lot of franchises had to switch over to 3D. Yeah. Um, And it... It didn't go well. To or not. Yeah, yeah, it didn't go well for some of them. Um, I'll be sad when we get to Earthworm Jim. Um, but yeah. this one, this is an instance where the switch to 3D actually really gives a much better feel for the character. Um, I think so. This... And and this one, you can kind of take this as a prototype for better games that would come. Like yeah. 
I feel like for me, and I think a lot of people would agree, like the definitive Spider-Man game is Spider-Man 2, uh, based off the movie Spider-Man 2. Okay. Uh, just because it's it's still by the same like Tony Hawk crew, mm-hmm. uh, but they have a little better, a more solid graphics engine to work with. Yeah. Uh, you can't swing anywhere if there isn't a building nearby to lash yourself to. The swinging feels very intuitive, but it still takes a little bit of skill to master. And uh, you get to a lot of like little mini side games, and you get to explore New York, and there's a lot of fun stuff you can do with that game. And there are some good ones after that too. And it looks like, like I said, the Insomniac one looks like it's going to be an expansion on yeah. that idea. I think that the fundamentals of the Spider-Man game for the N64 and PS1 are really good. Mm-hmm. Like the um, there's really good pacing of like none of the sections really go on too long. Um, there's sort of cinematic. It's got a cinematic feel. There's this part where the cops are chasing you, and it switches to the helicopter view, and you mm-hmm. have to climb buildings to avoid the gunfire. Um, lots of different villains to fight, um, and a lot. I feel like a lot of the weaknesses are more due to the restrictions of the system. It's it's fairly glitchy. We got stuck on the scenery a couple times. A few times. Uh, uh, like the wall crawling works well, but sometimes if you're in a fight or something, like I'll throw a punch and then I'll get stick, too close to the wall, yeah, and then I'll be the climbing wall. the wall. Yeah. Uh, and, and the combat, too, is a little cooler than it seems at first. And I'm glad you knew this because I didn't know this. If you uh, press your web sling button, like the up C button, and then uh, in conjunction with a directional button on your joystick, yeah. then you can do different things with your webs. Like yeah. you can web up your fists and make them really strong. You can make a shield that explodes and causes like some knockback damage. You can give yourself little snowshoes. You can <laughs> go uh, get a hot dog and then web like a little bun for your hot dog. Yeah, you so can make some nipple pasties for yourself exactly. and then like swing them around a little bit you and can, then people will give you money. Yep, you can make a little hat that um, says like, or like a foam hand that's like number one, never soft. Yeah, you can, you can uh, uh, sculpt a little picture of Uncle Ben on the wall saying i believe in you slugger and then you can sculpt little candles to light under said picture and mm-hmm. make a little mm-hmm. uh, spider shrine yeah no it's great it's really complex yeah. like you wouldn't expect uh, but you knew all the combos you remembered all these yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so yeah there's a decent amount of uh variety of moves um i, I feel like the combat is definitely a, a slightly weaker part um but the camera sometimes gets a little flinging back and forth. It's, you get disoriented. And... Uh, well, they, they have it set so that, like, the camera's constantly trying to reorient itself behind you on its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes that gives you, like, whiplash, like you said. Like, sometimes uh, an enemy will come up behind you, and then you're trying to flip around, and the camera doesn't know which way is which. And you can use the Z button to recenter it, but it's still it's a little slow. Yeah, this is the prime example of a game that has not aged all that well even though the fundamentals are good the um it's been like you said it set it set a skeleton for things that would be done better later yeah and so once you've played those later games and you go back to this you're like uh it's a little a little tough but i remember you know renting this game when it came out and thinking it was awesome and i mean i feel like this is a this i mean we're not adopting this system just because it's uh, uh, antiquated, but like the rental, you know, this somebody wrote in once asking oh, yeah. about like the rental system. And I feel like this is a solid rental. We were playing this for about an hour and we got pretty far, I feel like. Yeah, it's weird. I remember it being difficult. Like I remember I, we got, I got to the sewer level when I rented it and I'm like, oh, I'm so far in this game. Yeah. I had died many times and I remember it being really hard, but now we just blaze to that spot in less than an hour and I'm like, oh, yeah. I must either have sucked at video games before when I was a little kid or uh, just remembered it being much harder than it was. Yeah. Um, you can also, oh, for people who are Spider-Man fans, Spider-Heads, mm-hmm. um, web heads, I guess would spider be the technique. Spider-Fans, Spider-Fans, yes. Um, 
They had the weirdest theme song for the Spider-Man cartoon, where it was Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Radioactive Spider-Man, but mm. it had this super weird, like, auto-tune, so the voice sounded like... And it was... I didn't understand the lyrics at all. Anyway... Wow. Um, the music in this game is a little... I don't know. It's a little on the thin side. This the the music in this is by Tommy Tallarico, who's like a notable oh, yeah. video game music. He's the developer. only composer who you probably might know the name of. Yeah, I think yeah. yeah, he's done so many games dating back to the '90s. Like he did Aladdin and he yeah, did Earthworm like Jim. Earthworm Jim and Earthworm he, Jim and one and two probably have the greatest soundtracks of like up any there. video games. I, I would oh. counter with another Tommy Tallarico score, which is for a terrible game with a beautiful, beautiful score. Uh, Advent Rising okay, for the game. Xbox. Was, yeah. That's the one I think uh, that was written by Orson Scott Card. Or yeah, something that game like. was going to be a big deal. There was like a contest of like, play this game and win a bunch of money, and yeah. then the game didn't go anywhere. It, it didn't go anywhere. It wasn't a very good game, but the music in it is legitimately gorgeous. Like, but, look that up. Yeah, the music in this game is just sort of electro-pulsating, very short beats. We thought maybe there was a difference between this and the PS1, but I don't think there is that I, much. It doesn't seem to be, yeah, just a slight decline in audio quality. Um, anyway, what I was saying is, for people who are collectors, there is like hidden hidden secrets if you want to explore the Spider-Man world, and you can get uh, comic books. Uh-huh. You pick yeah. up the comic books, and you can go look in a gallery, and it will show you the history of what that book is, or like the first appearance. So I feel Which is like, cool. yeah, I this was clearly a game made with care and effort and not just like a oh like we have a spider-man license let's put some shit game and like throw spider-man in there which is what a lot of old spider-man games and right were. yeah most of the we talked about the beat-em-up era on, on fighting force uh, a couple weeks ago yeah. and uh, spider-man was in a lot of those like the maximum carnage. carnage game uh was was a prime example of that, that game pissed me off so much because that's a game that stars it's the the little title the full title of that game is Spider-Man and Venom in Maximum Carnage. Yeah. That game is one player. Yeah. Yeah, why you would like, you do that? What like why the why the fuck are Spider-Man and Venom both in this game yeah. and it's not two player and there's just few greater sins than the one player beat em up. No, that's yeah, so boring. Yeah, there's no reason to play a one player beat em up. Uh, so all right, I want to talk just a little bit about random Spider-Man ephemera just because okay. I find it interesting. So my my single favorite weird-ass Spider-Man thing, which, like, we could do whole multiple episodes and write <laughs> books on this whole thing just because it was so fascinating, was uh, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Uh, okay. The Broadway musical, yeah. uh, which, I don't know, have you seen any bits from that or, like, anything? I, like? I have not. I know that, I mean, I know probably the same thing that most people know, that Bono was going to be involved in writing the song. Yeah. That many, many, oh, it was directed by... Uh, Julie Taymor. Who direct, directed some cool movies. Yeah. Um, Titus yeah. is a really cool movie. Yeah, um, yeah. But, um, and many people got injured in the production of... At least half a dozen people were injured. It, like, it was this crazy, expensive... Uh, really ambitious project and like i don't know the I, it was just like i i always had the idea in my head that it was this utter failure mm-hmm. it ran on broadway for four years oh wow like i thought it never got out of previews no, I, because I, so I, many people were getting hurt but uh no it ran for a whole four years and like yeah yeah you two was involved they wrote the music but they walked away because they couldn't see eye to eye with julie Taymor, who's Did like it? a very exacting sure. uh, director did it get um, decent reviews once no, it started? Okay. No, it got. I think uh, the the New York Times uh, film or theater critic called it the worst thing to ever hit Broadway. Wow, and, sounds like, awesome. Check out there's there's footage I think of uh, the show like a, a song from the show being performed on Conan O'Brien, 
where like people come out in the costumes and like the guy playing Green Goblin is really campy and like really like I don't know kind of sassing it up and they've got like the Sinister Six they invented some new character that's all made out of knives like it's so weird it's really really made out of knives yeah and there's all this stuff about like worshipping Arachne the goddess of spider mythology or something like that that definitely sounds like a Julie Taymor edition it's so strange (laughs) so do you think that it will be gone forever. Do you think it's, they're gonna? I don't know. Like, I mean, they're gonna. It's gonna get brought back at some point, or can we one, buy it for our local theater and like I put on a wondering. local production? Yeah, because our lives are meaningless. We can fall off the ropes all day long. Yeah. It's that's the thing. It's like it's such an ambitious thing. Like in order for you to do it right, you need to have all these aerialists and all these dancers and all these really elaborate set pieces and costumes. So you can't really do it again. It's like the singular thing, and I kind of wish well, I feel I'd like, been I feel able like to you could it. find some sort of like real cheapo equivalent to kind of lean into the cheesiness yeah um, yeah like a local high school production that might be fun actually did you know that there was a batman musical no um so i don't think it ever it didn't it didn't premiere or get off the ground but i have it i have a cd or <laughs> I, I just that a digital album of the batman musical which was written by jim steinman who did the who was um the co-writer of meatloaf's a bunch of Meatloaf's albums. Oh, okay. So it's very like bombastic. Bombastic. Yeah. Think Meatloaf. I mean, because Meatloaf music would work very well in as a rock, me- it's and, a rock opera all yeah. on its own. Yeah. And so um, there's this long. I believe the first song is about how Batman works the graveyard shift, and you can hear all the people coming out about like we are in Gotham City, and then um, Batman comes out, and then there's a song by the Joker about how does he get all these wonderful toys. Oh. I think it was based on the Tim Burton movie oh man um, yeah i would be into that it's it's pretty cool yeah so it's kind of an unfinished album i don't remember where i got it probably from some weird blog spot weird music site but i'll uh, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you if i can for yeah. for to bring it slightly back to video games i think one of the stranger video game appearances you'll ever see of spider-man was revenge of shinobi did you have this? oh yeah, yeah yeah i i had the copy like they they pulled copies of this eventually uh so revenge of shinobi came out for the sega genesis in the late 80s mm-hmm. And when it was uh, developed over in Japan... It's a, ni- it's a ninja game. It's a ninja people. game. For those of it's you who don't know game. Shinobi, he throws throwing stuff. Yeah, throws throwing stars. You, you slash people with your knife, yeah. whatever. It's uh, cool. It's a good game, yeah. Uh, it, it was Sega's flagship, you know, beyond uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. It was like their biggest name for a while. Yeah. And uh, over in Japan, when it was developed, they had much looser licensing laws. So in that version, the Japanese version, you fight Rambo, you fight the Terminator, you fight Batman, you mm, fight like Spider-Man. Hulk. And the Hulk, yeah. Um, oh, and Godzilla. And Godzilla, yes. Yeah, you fight all these actual licensed characters. When they ported it over to the U.S., they removed all of the licensed characters except for Spider-Man and Batman, who just kind of, like, the, their licenses weren't worth much back then in 1990. Not like, not like the valuable Godzilla license they had No. <laughs> it's weird that they took Godzilla out, but yeah. Uh, so... There's a, a point where well Toho is like super protective of the Godzilla protective. license, which is it's just weird to think of a time where the Godzilla most, license was more valuable than the Batman or Spider-Man yeah. license. Most Godzilla movies don't make it over here at all, like in any form. So uh, well, there yeah, was there's a game store in Seattle uh, hmm. called Pink Godzilla yeah. that was like an import video game. No, it's store. Pink uh, Hippo. Or pink no, Pride. no, no. Oh, wait, pink Godzilla. Listen to me. Wait. Listen to me, Steve. I thought you misspoke. I, I would never do that on a podcast. <laughs> um, it was originally called not that many years ago, maybe six years ago. It was Pink Godzilla. Oh, okay. But they had to change the name to Pink Gorilla. Gorilla. Uh, okay. Due to the licensing of Godzilla, so I have a sweatshirt. Interesting. That's still the Pink Godzilla brand. That's but awesome. It's not... oh, I've been to that store. Yeah, it's yeah, a great it's a, store. It's a cool little store. Um, 
Yeah, but mm-hmm. so yeah, because of the licensing rights, I don't know, they just let that slip for the early version of the game. So there's a boss that you fight that is just Spider-Man. Uh, and it's he's kind of tricky because he, he hangs from the ceiling. He throws three webs at you, which are very difficult to dodge. And then he dips down and uh, is invincible and you can't hurt him. But once you do enough damage to him, he turns into Batman. And, uh, and, and it's like unambiguously Batman with like the yellow like logo on his chest except he is flying like with big actual bat wings and he has little bats that he summons that he throws at you it's very strange and I I was lucky enough to have the Sega Genesis cartridge growing up that had that on there I remember getting into it with some kids in the playground because I'm like oh did you get to Spider-Man and Shinobi and they're like they they all thought I was a liar because they they just had a different they had a newer cartridge that had him scrubbed out of there so I yeah. only played it on the Genesis six pack, and so I don't oh, know yeah, if yeah. that was a newer version or what. Yeah, I think that was more of an updated. version. I feel like I remember playing through it and encountering them, but it's yeah. it was just a weird little thing that they left in. All right, so we we got off track a little bit. I guess the other thing I will just say about this is that the game comes in a lovely red cartridge, one of the few like colorful cartridges for the N sixty four. The N sixty four, I think, has more colored cartridges probably than any other system. Well, right? yeah, yeah. There were about three for Super Nintendo. That's Spider Man. Spider Man Carnage. Was Maximum Carnage was one of them. Yeah, so. yeah. But. So I mean, there's a there's a few, but it's a nice red cartridge, and the label is very weird. Maybe that was a at... NeverSoft thing because the Tony Hawk games are also colored. Yeah, they're so. they're black, yellow, and blue. Yeah, yeah all three of them. Uh, but yeah, the the label on the Spider Man game is odd because it's just a picture of the side of an empty building. Like, there's no Spider Man on the label at all. I'm just like, I don't know. Is that is it that much harder? <laughs> just put him in there. That are is... we supposed to believe this is like from his perspective looking down, or I don't know. Either way. That's uh, that's about all I have to say about Spider-Man. There was a sequel to this developed for the PlayStation. Uh, it never came to the N64. It was never being developed. This was th- this game is the third highest selling uh, Spider-Man game of all time, still to this day, but only on the PlayStation. It okay. didn't do too well on this system. So, which is, I mean, it's surprising. I feel like it fills a pretty good hole in the system of just being like a good action game yeah which i feel like there's not that many action games there weren't many there's just a lot of jumping platformer stuff and and not much punching people in most of them this is the only even halfway competent superhero game on the system hey we haven't played the batman one yet or maybe superman 64 is awesome steve maybe (laughs) Maybe the internet has lied to us maybe it holds up we'll find out uh but yeah do you have anything else to add about spider-man or we want to move on to the rankings uh no i'm i'm happy with the content of spider-man that we have shared excellent yeah. thank you all for nerding out with us as we kind of went on multiple ta- i feel like we talked about the game less on this than any other show oh, i don't know what you're talking about but I, i'm i'm excited to talk about spider-man weirdness so. i was just i was excited to be able to go from talking about sports to be able to talking about comic and broadway <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> this is more my forte you know yeah. where our interests lie all right so uh where would you ra- so for new listeners we are ranking the games every single week uh as we play them we most recently uh ranked the tennis games and uh, right now our lists are one to 43 uh and i'm not going to recap no. the titles you no, can go, go to, to ultra 64 podcast.com look at the lists and that's where we got it where would you rank spider-man so i would put revenge of shinobi mm. um <laughs> <laughs> Pretty high. I like Revenge of Shinobi a lot. I'm trying to That's replay through most of the Shinobi games. Um, Don't play it on mobile because it's free on mobile. Oh, like you can. Okay. Not, Sega's releasing all their game old games on uh, iOS for free, right. but I don't know. I need the sensory feedback. Like yeah. it requires a lot of precision. 
So anyway. Okay. So um, yeah, I'll put Revenge of Shinobi. Um, let's say around number twelve. Um, and where does Turn then, Off the Dark go? Uh, turn Off the Dark. This is just how I'm gonna. I'm just gonna use this list now to rate everything going on in my life. <laughs> like I would rate that burrito number between uh, between Turok Dinosaur Hunter and Fighter Destiny. Um, no. So yeah. this Spider-Man game. I liked it. It was fun. Um, we we stopped playing. You're like, Woody, we've been playing for an hour. And I'm like, I kind of want to keep playing, Steve. Because, yeah. um, I I mean, I like the comic booky feel, and I like the way the story keeps moving and the level variety. Um, so I'm going to rate it high for right now. I'm going to put it right ahead of Turok. I want to just... I've, I'm slight remorse on where I put Turok. Yeah. So, that's, um, that's your new number nine. Yeah. And that pushes Turok to the brink of your top Oh, analyst. good. That's Get scary. out of here, Turok. Um, that's right behind Mario Tennis, right? Where, uh, where, yes, where? it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right behind Mario Tennis and right above Turok. Yeah, okay. That's your place for it. So I, I'm i not going to go that high. No, that's fair. Um, it's, I feel like this is a pretty flawed game. And like I said, it, ha- it hasn't aged particularly well. But I do think... For what it's trying to do, it's pretty cool, uh, and I, I can understand it in the context of the time, like as, as being pretty impressive. And there's a lot of charm to it. There's a lot of like old school comic booky goofiness that I really enjoy. So I'm giving this my new number thirteen slot. Right. So that's behind Snowboard Kids Two, ahead of Gauntlet Legends. Uh, I think it's it's a solid, enjoyable game. I would probably keep playing it. It's it's we get a cameo from Stan Lee in this too, which is rare. Yeah, Stan Lee, very uh, yeah, n- notoriously reclusive and averse to making cameos, but <laughs> but he appears as the narrator here, so that's a lot of fun. Have you ever played the game Freedom Force for the uh, PC? No, I'm familiar with it, but I'm that not that game is probably the best comic book game that mm. exists. Really, um, it okay. really captures that uh, sort of Silver Age goofy spirit. Um, yeah, play Freedom Force, people. Okay, I think play, it's on Steam. B- before uh, Spider Man, or uh, yeah, it's yeah. definitely higher than Spider Man. Spider Man. No, okay, I, that's and that's name. that's always a tricky part with these lists. Is it's like where are we trying to rank these games? Like how we feel about playing them right now. I feel like this is a game where if it got to the point where it started being very challenging, yeah, and I was getting frustrating, I would probably just stop playing. It's easy but, enough that like you can excuse mm. some of the hair pulling moments. Um, like yeah, and maybe it gets harder. I mean, I'm sure maybe. it gets harder as we keep playing. But yeah, yeah. Uh, we were able to get far enough, and I had a good time for the full hour. Yeah, for sure. All right, comic book fans, thank you for tuning in. Uh, next week we are going to have a fun episode. We're talking about Rugrats. Uh, we got two Rugrats games. There's Rugrats Scavenger Hunt and Rugrats in Paris. So um, there's more Rugrats games on the Nintendo 64 than Spider-Man or Batman games. Yes, yes, okay. absolutely. Because that's the more important franchise <laughs> of the 90s is Rugrats. Uh, so that, that'll be exciting to talk about. We'll have Lindsay come in and join us for those. Uh, I know she's very excited to talk about Rugrats. A rughead. She's a real rughead. Uh, yes, or a real <laughs> a real hood rat. Um, yes, yeah, so thank you everybody for tuning in. Go to Ultra64Podcast.com for all of our lists. Email us and hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, be sure to go on iTunes and give us a rating and a review. Yeah, you know, technically five stars, preferably, I think, would be uh, Tell my... us about your favorite Spider-Man game. Tell us about your... I actually want to know about your favorite Spider-Man game. There's a lot uh, that I haven't dug through. And I think mo- I think it has a pretty okay track record, right? Yeah, the in the scope of licensed games. Yeah. It's, I can, it's probably not quite as good as Batman. But probably like... a little better than X-Men. Yeah. Yeah, for the most yeah. part. Anyway, y'all, uh, 
Later. I don't have a good, good comic booky <laughs> no, sign-off. No, we, we've still been working through the whole how to end the podcast thing. It's really yeah. the hard. Send us in with good, like, uh, this is what to do, readers. Send us in with, mm. like, good parting parting words. And like, until then, don't blow on those cartridges because it doesn't work. Better ones than that. No, that's a really good one, though. I don't know. Try it. That's the new bar. So if okay. you can clear that bar, uh, good luck, good luck to you. All right, everybody. Bye.